Hi, my name's Sarah. Welcome to True Crime and a Spooky Old Time. So I just wanted to say, um, you know, sorry for not getting an episode getting an episode out last week. Um, well, I guess last week and this week, because this week is normally Tuesday. What I'm going to do is I'm going to bring it out straight away today as, as I'm recording. So that will be Friday. I'm just going to upload it straight after this because uh, I was just really busy with work. I do a lot of hours and it was really hard to fit it in. But I didn't want to uh, leave, leave it another week because if I leave it another week, then it just was, it's just not going to get done. So I'm going to try and get two done actually today. Drop this one today and then you will get another one on Tuesday the 14th. So yeah, I'm going to get those done um, today. So I'm just going to get straight on with it. So the one that we're going to do, uh, that I'm going to do today is, um, it's sort of, well, it is, it is his hybristophilia part two, I guess. Um, and the first one seemed to do quite well. So I'm hoping this one will do well as well. Um, haven't decided yet what fully what I'm going to do. Well, what I mean by that is I have notes on a certain case. Um, well, might, I might add some others to it. So we'll see. But I'm going to start with... Brian Koberger. So, Brian Koberger, born 21st of November 1994. He is 28 years of age. And currently he is the main suspect in the University of Idaho's student's murder case. As per CBS News, Brian is a student of PhD criminology at Washington State University's Pullman campus. Apart from this, he also served the position of a teacher assistant. According to Daily Mail, Koberger is involved in the murder case of the students of the University of Idaho and he was taken into custody on the 30th of December 2022 at his parents' home. So Brian was raised in a Christian family. His parents were Michael and um, Marianne. She was paraprofessional, assisting special needs students until around 2020. Brian is from a family of five, including himself. His family members included, um, obviously, mum and dad, as mentioned, and his two sisters. They are Melissa and also Amanda. Now, um, there's not much available about Amanda's profession, uh, but Melissa is a therapist, as far as I've been able to find out. Now, I did listen to a podcast around... Um, around Brian um, and his friends uh, and it, they did speak to one of his friends from school um, and he said um, when Brian would get kind of angry with her brother he would gaslight him and get physically aggressive she said adding that Mr Koberger would put her brother in chokeholds. Uh, another classmate named Bree and asked to have her last name withheld, said Mr. Koberger allegedly began using heroin. You just saw him becoming more self-destructive. He, he, really, he really stayed secluded, she said, adding that after graduating, he began trying to get sober. Bree continued, he was telling me that he wanted to get sober, that he was getting sober, and he wanted to let me know, I'm going to do better, I'm going to be better. Now, I also, um, listened, listening to this podcast, um, heard that his parents were apparently really lovely. They, uh, the the uh, person being interviewed did say that they were really nice parents, really loving, um, 
and just he was surprised because they've a lot of people have been saying that they were not um the best parents so he was quite surprised by that and he said no they were lovely especially his mum and uh, so just going back to um, Brie as well, she said um, they, that she saw him at a wedding together in 2017. She gave him a hug and said, I, you look so good. I'm so proud of you. Brie said that his goal was just to change the world for the good around him during his time in college. Um, quote, he wanted to do something that impacted people in a good way. People were not his strong suit. And I think through his criminology studies, he was really trying to understand humans and trying to un trying to understand himself. Uh, she went on to say that she doesn't understand what happened to bring him to a place where he is, where he is the suspect in a quadruple murder. Um, where did it go wrong, she asked in the show, and what happened? Why didn't I see it? Um, which, obviously, that's really sad. I don't think anyone would ever be able to see something like that or expect anyone, you know, any friend to become murderer. So I definitely don't think you can... You know, we would look at it like that, but I don't think there's any way to see it. Um, so when I was listening to the other podcast that I mentioned, which I will pop in the notes as well, there was also the there was also another classmate as well, Casey, um, and he said that you know Brian was bullied in um, earlier years, but as I mentioned, with sort of um, you know with what Bree said there, he did he got he sort of got better with that um, and he actually made a lot of progress in when he moved on to secondary school he uh, he actually started um you know working out and he actually started looking better and he, he sort of got a bit more confidence um and then apparently he did also get a girlfriend as well so it did get you know things did get better for him so the classmate that was speaking on the podcast said that he doesn't really think the bullying uh, affected him for you know a length of time it's not something that he took with him uh to his sort of secondary school and further college years if that makes sense so he doesn't think that really affected the you know affected him to make to become a murderer if that makes sense um so that's what he said in the podcast anyway now, I want to move away from Brian at the moment and just talk about the victims. So, the victims' names were Ethan Chapin, who was 20, Madison Morgan, 21, Sana Canodal, age 20, and Kaylee Goncalves, 21. And they were brutally murdered on November 13th, 2022, um, at Idaho. Um, at the university so um, I'm going to talk first about Madison so Madison Morgan um, or Maddie May as her family called her um, she was born on um, the May 25th 2001 in Oregon um, she was an only child to Ben and Karen they moved to Idaho when she was just a few years old she was described to have a huge sense of humour and she was described as a bright person. Um, her friends said they would always make her laugh and she just loved the people in her life. She really liked to make TikTok videos and I can imagine if she had a good sense of humour, they would have been really, um, really funny as well. She was described as incredibly smart. She was a great student as well. Uh, she met her best friend at Cordelaine Charter Academy and that was Kaylee Gonzalez. Uh, they were really close when they were younger. They actually wrote a letter 
when they were young to their parents convincing them to go to high school together and they did they went to uh, lake city high school together uh kaylee's father even said that they were uh, the two of them were more like sisters where one of them went the other one would follow uh, which did include the university of idaho they both um attended there together as uh, best friends now ethan chapin was born 28th of October 2022 and he was a student at the University of Idaho as well. Um, he was living his happy simple life uh, in college before he got killed on the 13th of November 2022. Uh, his death news has stunned many college students. It was not expected that a son of a young uh, sorry, a young son of the Chapin family of Skag County, Washington, would leave them so soon at only the age of 20. As I said, he was killed along with his other three friends. Now, um, I just wanted to read a little quote about Ethan from his mum as well, which said, He was the best person you could ever meet. In a Facebook message on January 11th, she wrote, Ethan is who he was because of our family. His foundation was unwavering. He was so loved and he didn't know any different. He was profoundly supported and our family of five was different than others and so very special. He loved unconditionally. He was loyal to all. He was inclusive, carefree, happy. Just the best person you could ever meet. The stories are endless and amazing. He touched lives we had no idea existed. Ethan was incredible. And I just want to mention there as well that his parents were Stacey and Jim Chaplin. And Ethan was born as a triplet with his two siblings, Hunter Chapin and Maisie Chapin. Now um, I want to talk about Sana. So Sana was born in 2002 in Sandpoint, Idaho to Jeffrey or Jeff Conodal and Cara Denise Conodal. As one of three, meaning she grew up surrounded by her siblings, Jasmine, as well as Elijah. Um, the Post Falls High School graduate turned marketing major does evidently hail from a broken home, yet it appears as, it appears as if she had a surround a uh, sorry, a sound support system in them at nearly every step of the way. In fact, although the kids were gem state natives through and through, they often spent time some time in Arizona once their father had relocated there a few years prior, and it was reportedly out of pure choice. Jeff has actually shared that the last time he spoke to Zana was through text right around midnight on the night, on the fateful November day when she was hanging out with her boyfriend Ethan. As for the last time he'd seen her, it was just a week before the incident and she'd, cha she'd changed a lot. She had a life. She got to see what it was like to have a boyfriend you live with. She was really responsible, helping him out with, st with studies and stuff. I was really impressed. Now, I am just going to be talking about some of the details of the crime here because it does relate to, um, it relates to Zana and I, I just wanted, I'd found it whilst sort of looking for information on Zana. So this is from a, some research that I found. I'm going to uh, quote it. So Zana Conodal put up a pit put up a fierce fight when the attacker set upon her repeatedly grabbing the attacker's knife so much so that she sustained deep cuts to her fingers and that her fingers were nearly severed a source familiar with the investigation mentioned that um noting that Conodal was the last of the four to be killed the source also shared that con goncalis 
sorry, I apologise if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, um, and Morgan, um, had who had been sleeping on the first floor of the house, were first to be murdered, followed by Canoodle's boyfriend, Chapin, who may have overheard the noise of the killings um, and walked out into the hallway onto the second floor to see what had happened. Medical personnel confirmed Chapin had died near the bedroom doorway and had been cut across his neck. Then the killer, sorry, the killer then reportedly set their sights on Canoodle. The source's comments are similar to details, uh, sorry, details Canoodle's father, Jeffrey, revealed later last year when the grieving parent implied that his daughter had fought back, claiming she had bruises um, and had been torn by the knife. She's a tough kid, he said at the time. Whatever she wanted to do, she could do it. Now, I do just want to go back to Brian here for um, a couple of things that I found because what I actually want to do, obviously, um, it is the Hebristophila episode and I have got somebody who was... I don't know if they reported dating, but she certainly had interest in him. But she also, the person in question is Brittany Hislop. And she also was dating someone else who was a murderer before she actually had interest in um, Brian. Um, ugh. Anyway, so um, I just want to, yeah, I just want to read some things um, that I have found whilst looking into Brian about him and not just the fact that obviously he might be a murderer because we don't know yet so have to say it alleged for now but yeah these there's just some quotes and some different bits of information that I want to give you about him so you know things about him and then we're going to move on to Brittany so in a uh, information in some information that I found um Brian allegedly uh, admitted as a teen that he felt quote no emotion and quote like a sack of meat in some online posts and he later told a childhood friend that he wanted to study high profile criminals i feel like an organic sack of meat with no self-worth he allegedly wrote on a on tapper talk a mental health forum at age 16 in 2011 um, and as I hug my, uh, sorry, quotes, as I hug my family, I look into their faces, I see nothing. It is like I am looking at a video game, but less, which is creepy. Um, uh, a decade earlier, an account linked to Koberger's email wrote on Tapa Talk about feeling depressed and distracted by the constant thought of suicide. Nothing I do is enjoyable, one post said. Uh, I am blank. I have no opinion. I have no emotion. I have nothing. Can you relate? Um, and in another uh, another post, the user boasted that he could do, quote, whatever I want with little remorse. Uh, Koberger also reportedly used the forum to connect with others reportedly suffering from visual snow syndrome, which is a rare neuro neurological disorder in which an individual's individual, <laughs> individual vision is obscured uh, by static-like dots. So, um, I know it was something that really bugged him, said Thomas Ants, a former high school friend. He was basically to the point where he was neurotic about it. Uh, he wouldn't eat any bread and he would only eat certain fruits, Ants told the outlet. It was very restrictive. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, um, obviously uh, he did seem to get he did seem to improve a little bit and then obviously he did go on to do his studies and, you know, he seemed to do well with the um, 
was studying psychology in the university and he had been off drugs for two years. Uh, in fact, he did say, uh, quotes, I have since recent really learned a lot. Not a person alive could convince me to use it in regards to uh, in regards to drugs. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I say, at the moment, we don't know. He is waiting. It appears that he is waiting trial after being arrested. And I just want to say as well that when he was arrested, he was standing in the kitchen wearing latex gloves and putting his personal trash into separate Ziploc bags. Um, the new details about the 20-year-old's behaviour were revealed from um, Monroe County First Assistant District Attorney Michael Mancuso uh, following, the length, sorry, following the release of a search warrant um, with a lengthy list of seized, seized items. So there were multiple knives a handgun with ammunition, a black mask from his parents' house. They also took a shovel, multiple Ziploc bags, hiking boots and a wrench from the accused killer's white Hyundai Elantra. So, I want to talk about the other person that Brittany was involved with. Um, I think what I'm going to do first is, I think I'm going to do that as the next part, um, I actually just want to um, give you a bit of information on her now first. And I just want to let you know some of the things that she has been saying about her and Brian. So Brittany um, Hislop is 35 years old. She actually has 16-year-old boys. And she has written multiple letters to Brian expressing her love for him. So it started on January the 4th, 2023. She first shared a Facebook post claiming that she had never met him or spoken to him, but still had a deep level of infatuation with him. Um, so, yeah, do with that what you will. Um, and the post, it was uh, actually 2,500 words. Um, so you can look at those online if you wish to. I'm going to read some, but I'm not going to read it all. So, I mean, one of the things she said was, I don't know if Brian is or was single when he supposedly committed the murders, but I wonder if he and I ever would have met, if he would have liked me, and if we could have connected well. And if we did, and if he did in fact commit those murders, it doesn't mean he would have hurt me and been abusive, although I don't personally know him and his temperament. I just know that ideally my true love and perfect match wouldn't hurt me or do me like others have that were wrong towards me, which some of that grammatically does not make sense. Um, so this isn't the first time, as I said, she has written to others before. So I, like I say, I will go into that again um, with a bit of information about the other person. But I do just want to read out a few other posts that she has put up on her profile uh, in fact actually just to say she had she had one um and I think it got banned because she has now got a different one um and I'm, I'm really not even 100% sure how real this person is um because you know it seems a bit strange but then I try not to judge because really I think she needs help uh, so anyway, this is a quote from the 19th of February on her Facebook page. So I don't want to say disrespectful things about my love interest. When I hold him in high regard like I do as being my divine masculine counterpart, 
<laughs> okay then. But it's understandable how, without me personally knowing him, duh, that was me not saying that, not her, uh, that I'd not know if he would in fact get with a female that just wants to steal my wish fulfilment. Although if he is like that, I definitely wouldn't hold him in high regard anymore, since I'd think a lot less of him and I have a strong faith in, sorry, I have a strong faith that my true love wouldn't ever do that. Mm. I've already been down that road with my son's dad as well who definitely showed signs of how he's not my twin flame, considering the toxicity from him that doesn't exist within the twin flame connection. What the actual... Uh, what, I, what is that? I don't know what that is. Anyway, and the way... And the wrong ways he did me. I just want to remember the emotional ways I felt about my love interest, Brian, and how they've been authentic in terms of loving and caring him. I'm sorry, in terms of loving and caring him. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. And his well-being. I want to remember how I felt when I seen his first mugshot from a jail he's currently in, as well as how I felt seeing him at his last court appearance, which were both loving and caring ways, as well as concern for his well-being. Uh, yeah. So, that's just a few quotes there. Like I say, there is a lot more on her Facebook page, if you do want to see them. I might put it in the show notes. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to read out, like, any more of those because there is a lot. Um, but, like I say, I will give you a bit more information on the other person that she uh, was previously in touch with on the next episode. So I guess that will be Hebristophilia Part 3. Um, but I really hope that you did enjoy this episode. If you did, that's brilliant. And I really did enjoy uh, doing this one. Um, if you can, please, please, please give me a rating. It really helps. Um, I know people are it annoys people like oh please can you follow please can you rate but it does really help my show and if you can also as well send me some listener tales i really would love some listener tales uh, my email is a true crime pod at gmail.com it can be anything um spooky or uh, or true crime anything at all really that you think's um you know right for the show i would love it um so thanks guys and i'll see you next time on true crime and a spooky old time